Good morning. I'm Debbie Cruz. It's Friday, November 18th. Many female police officers experience sexism on the job. How are departments responding? More on that next. But first, let's do the headlines. San Diego Mayor Todd Gloria and mayors from the state's other big cities will meet with Governor Newsom in Sacramento today to discuss homelessness funding. The meeting comes after Newsom rejected all local homeless action plans in the state and abruptly held back funding. He said they would not reduce homelessness enough and that bolder plans were needed. The mayor's plan to urge Newsom to release the funds and set more ambitious goals in the next funding round. U.S. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg will be in San Diego today to highlight the Otay Mesa East Project. Also known as Otay 2, it will create a new port of entry facility at Otay Mesa and a commercial vehicle enforcement facility. The new facility is expected to decrease wait times for commercial trucks. Construction on the project is underway and is expected to be completed by September 2024. The $1.5 billion project was awarded $150 million through President Biden's infrastructure package. It's looking like we'll have more wind this weekend. The National Weather Service said another round of Santa Ana winds will pick up tonight and it will last through tomorrow. A fire weather watch will be in effect tomorrow because of the wind and very low humidity. The Fire Safe Council of San Diego County is hosting a series of community workshops on fire preparedness. The first meeting will be held tomorrow at 10 a.m. at the Santa Isabel Nature Center. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, we've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. It's been five years since the Me Too movement, but many female police officers still experience sexism on the job. KPBS investigative reporter Claire Tregesser looks at what departments are doing to fix this. For some women working under San Diego Sheriff Sergeant Kataro Murashigi, a day at the office meant sexist, condescending, and disparaging comments. An internal affairs report found that when female deputies called Murashigi to ask for help, he'd hang up on them. When they asked for additional job training, he mocked them, ignored them, or told them to quit. Murashigi resigned in lieu of being fired, but he kept his $6,000 monthly pension. His attorney didn't respond to requests for comment. As this case shows, even in 2022, police departments can still be toxic places, especially for women. 
Ellen Kirschman is a psychologist who treats police officers. She says police departments need women in their ranks. They make really, really, really good officers. Some of the sharpest, smartest, most dedicated and competent people I know in law enforcement are female. Kirschman says female officers can find themselves caught in a catch-22. Sexism keeps them out of leadership roles, so the sexism often continues. If you have the right women that have been promoted, they will keep their eye out for when these things happen, and they will mentor the younger or the newer women on the job. So what can be done? Kirschman says if departments are serious, they adopt strict policies and enforce them. People in charge at the level of management can show decent behavior as opposed to being part of the problem, which it sometimes happens. No one from the sheriff's department would do an interview for this story, but a spokesperson sent a statement saying the department has strict policies and all employees are required to attend sexual harassment training. But the trainings fall far short says Debbie Stiesmeyer. She's a former detective suing the sheriff's department for sexual harassment she experienced on the job. They're, you know, cartoon trainings on a computer. So maybe humanizing the experience and really listening to what happened needs to happen. Even in our detective trainings, you can read the manuals, you can read the materials, but the most memorable training for me was when they brought the rape victims in and they spoke to us and told us what worked. If an an officer is... is kind of shut down and, and not really caring, not really tuned in, finding it difficult to relate to his fellow brothers and sisters that they serve with. Dan Willis is a retired captain from the La Mesa Police Department. He says departments need strict policies, but that's also not enough. They also need empathy and understanding about how the stress and trauma of the job can impact their officer's behavior. If you don't have that, then you're going to be much more likely to just do things you know, without thinking, without thinking of the consequences, without taking the other person's feelings. Stiesmeyer says systemic reforms are needed that go beyond an individual department. Her harasser did leave the force, but he still gets a pension of almost $6,000 a month. There has to be a consequence to stop people from doing this. There's nothing deterring them from doing this behavior. So I think that's a huge thing is that there needs to be big consequences. She wants a new state law that would stop that from happening. Claire Tregesser, KPBS News. Another bad report for San Diego's ambulance provider. Felk will be fined after again failing to meet response times and staffing goals. KPBS health reporter Matt Hoffman has more on changes that could be coming in the new year. I'm sure we all agree this is not where we thought we'd be a year ago. San Diego Fire Rescue Chief Colin Stoll is not seeing the high level of service promised by the city's ambulance provider, Falk. This is not getting any better anytime soon. We're seeing the trends right now in the staffing, and I do not feel like anything is going to be corrected in the very near future if we just wait this out and wait for staffing to improve. It's been just about a year since Falk fully took over San Diego's 911 contract. They provide emergency ambulance services throughout the city of San Diego. To get that contract, they promised more paramedics and EMTs, but data from the city shows they haven't once met their monthly staffing goals. This week's update to city council focused on the months of July, August, and September. 
Falk San Diego's managing director, Jeff Bame, says low staffing levels have continued hurting response times. July, in terms of compliance, was, was very good. August became a little worse, and we saw September being uh, one of our worst months of the year uh, next to January. And a lot of that uh, certainly due to staffing, illness, um, injury. Falk has already been fined $1.5 million, and the fire department says more fines are on the way. Falk says there's a nationwide shortage of paramedics and EMTs. Also, they admit recruiting has been a challenge, even after offering sign-on bonuses. This ebb and flow is very obvious. The problem we have here is they are not competitive. Anthony Sorcy is a 25-year paramedic, and he's also president of the union representing Falk employees. He says staffing shortages are forcing overtime, and first responders are burning out. Our members share experiences of helplessness, mental anguish that has resulted in increased numbers of physical injury, illness, PTSD, and serious clinical depression. Sorcy also says lack of staff has ambulances traveling all over the city, pushing up response times and even forcing the fire department to take their own measures. These delays have resulted in critical patients being transported to area hospitals by San Diego fire engines because the fire crews could not longer wait at scene for an ambulance to become available for their calls. City data shows the amount of time that no paramedic ambulances are available has risen since April. Councilmember Raul Campillo was not pleased with the lack of improvement. I really just... Uh... I'm disappointed that we seem to be at a position where we can't provide our residents with what was promised to them. It's, it's, a, it's the same song again. Councilmember Marnie Von Wilpert says she doesn't need to hear any more. It seems that we have a pretty serious problem. This contract is, is, is failing. Fire Chief Stoll is preparing for the worst. He commissioned a study to look into what it would take for the city to take over emergency medical services. Those options are set to be presented in January. Whether it's an amendment to the contract or if we have to um, do some kind of bond or takeover of the program or bring another company in to help, we need to do something. Falk officials also maintain that one reason for delays is ambulances are being held too long at hospitals. They're getting some pushback. Scripps health officials say emergency rooms are busy, but data shows most patient drop-offs happen on time. Councilmember Monica Montgomery Stepp says, bottom line, no more excuses. I just don't want to hear that anymore. We need to put solutions on the table, and I'm glad that we're going to be coming back in January. Falk is working with the city and other stakeholders on improvements. Falk officials say they remain committed to San Diego. Matt Hoffman, KPBS News. Barrio Logan residents are not getting immediate relief from noxious odors coming from a Newton Avenue biofuels plant. KPBS environment reporter Eric Anderson takes it from here. New Leaf Biofuel has been under fire from residents who complain the smell from their biodiesel plant is not getting any better. Air pollution regulators issued a fourth notice of violation this week because of the odor. However, they rebuffed residents' calls to shut the plant down until a new odor control system is operating. That's expected to happen in two weeks. 
Resident Peter Colon is not happy. I compliment you on your graphs and charts and, and all of those things, but that doesn't change the fact that the, the odors still continue. Regulators say plant officials are cooperating and they remain optimistic a new filter system will make a difference. Regular odor surveys confirm the situation has only improved a little bit. Eric Anderson, KPBS News. Dozens of youth marched on the streets of San Diego and held a rally at Balboa Park yesterday to call attention to homelessness. The marchers included people who are or have been homeless or who provide services for people without permanent shelter, like David Baker and Justin Lipford, who work for the YMCA. They have been walking for four days. They started in Long Beach, staying in shelters and using resources only a young person experiencing homelessness would use. Lifford says they had a victory that brought hope along the way. The biggest win for me was that our YMCA in Long Beach formed a new relationship with a youth homeless provider within their community. Now that community is that much stronger and able to help. So that feels great. It's those kinds of wins that we get excited about. Baker and Lipford will hold another community walk and rally today in Chula Vista for a total of 125 miles and five rallies. Coming up, the production of a new bilingual play has its U.S. premiere in San Diego this weekend. We'll have that and more just after the break. KPBS On Demand is supported by MaraCal Design and Remodeling, helping homeowners with their home remodeling needs. From ADUs to custom kitchen remodels and room additions, MaraCal Design and Remodeling designs and builds your dream home. Learn more at trustyourhometous.com. While you won't be getting as many election updates from us in the next few weeks, KPBS reporter John Carroll spoke to the San Diego County Register of Voters to explain. After Wednesday night's release of votes, there are now about 15,000 ballots left to be counted. There are a few provisional ballots, but the vast majority of that 15,000 are ballots that have a problem that need to be cured. Either the voter failed to sign their envelope or the signature on the envelope isn't comparing with the signature we have on file. So we send a letter to each of these voters. That letter tells voters what they need to do to cure their ballot, and it lets them know they've got until December 6th to do it. Measure C, which would eliminate the building height limit in the Midway District, appears headed for victory. It's ahead by nearly 9,000 votes. Measure B, which would end free trash pickup for single-family homes in San Diego, is still close. But the yes votes now lead by nearly 2,900. John Carroll, KPBS News. The final results must be certified by December 8th. And before you go, we have some suggestions for arts events to check out this weekend. KPBS arts producer Julia Dixon-Evans talked to KPBS's Maureen Kavanaugh about her picks for the weekend. 
A new exhibit opens at the Institute of Contemporary Arts North Campus featuring the work of Cognate Collective. What can you tell us? Yeah, so the exhibition is called Tian Kitsli, Portraits of the Market as Portal, and it's part of this ongoing body of work from Cognate Collective. It's about the commerce of objects. They're really interested in street markets across the border, and also the way that the objects sold there kind of go back and forth across the border and the life of those objects. And the Aztec word is the origin of tianguis, or open-air markets in Mexico. The word is also linked to the Pleiades constellation. So this exhibition, they're kind of weaving together this idea of commerce and the cosmos. Uh, Cognate Collective is a long-running collaboration between artists Misael Diaz and Amy Sanchez-Artiega, and they were winners of the 2022 San Diego Art Prize. This exhibition will be on view through the end of January, but they're having a reception and an artist talk this Saturday from 5.30 to 9. It's at the ICA North in Encinitas, so that's the former Lux Art Institute space. In the theater, Bacone Arts has the U.S. premiere production of the bilingual play Mia. What do you know about it? So Bacon is a local theater organization, and they got their start in 2013. Their mission is to bring collaborative works from diverse voices for all ages to the stage. And Mia is a really good example of that. It's about an eight-year-old girl called Mia who decides to leave home in the face of trauma and domestic violence. It's a really small cast, and one of the characters is is actually a kind of stuffed animal toy, her old friend come to life. And this is such a delicate topic, and Amaranta Leva's original script has really been celebrated for how it addresses domestic violence for youth and family audiences without watering things down. It's been translated into English. This was part of the Lark Play Development Center, their binational translation residency. Carmen Rivera was the translator. And some of the showtimes are in Spanish and others are in English. Tonight at 7 starts with Spanish and then the production runs just through Sunday. And you also have a recommendation for an Iranian folk music performance. Yeah, so this is at UC San Diego, and it's two of the most notable performers of traditional Persian and Iranian folk music on traditional instruments. They're calling this performance a journey through folk and traditional music of Iran. It's Persian wind instrument performer Khosrow Sultani. This that we're listening to right now is Sultani on a piece called Beheshte Adan. And also performing is percussionist Mohammed Gavi Helm, who will play the tombak and daf. And Gavi Helm has even collaborated with Yo-Yo Ma and the Silk Road Ensemble in the past. And both he and Sultani have played together since their youth. The show's at UC San Diego's Conrad Prebus Music Center in the Experimental Theater. And it's free for UCSD students and faculty and staff, or $25 for the general public. And the Music Center is actually really close to the Blue Line Trolley Stop or the Gilman Parking Structure. It's kind of in the middle. And this parking structure has a pay station, so going to things like this on the UCSC campus is easier than it used to be. That was KPBS arts producer Julia Dixon-Evans speaking with KPBS Midday Edition host Maureen Cavanaugh. You can find details on these and more arts events at kpbs.org arts. 
And as always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. That's it for the podcast today. This podcast is produced by KPBS senior producer Brooke Ruth and producer Emmalyn Mohebi. I'm Debbie Cruz. Thanks for listening and have a great weekend. KPBS On Demand is supported by the University of San Diego, offering professional and continuing education courses in the areas of business, education, healthcare, and engineering. For enrollment opportunities, visit pce.sandiego.edu.